Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You're listening to the Jack and Chill podcast. So, Jack, I've noticed a trend um, as the years go by, and especially now that like throw watching throwback horror movies and stuff has become really popular and thinking back about my childhood. Yeah. Um, I've noticed that horror movies and the decorations that we use for Halloween and stuff, they've become more and more extreme and like gory or just scary. Like it's become way more realistic. And I see movies from like the 80s or even before then. And I'm like, is was this supposed to be scary? Because <laughs> to me, like it kind of seems cheesy. And I didn't know if that was part of the appeal. But what do you think? I'm sure you grew up watching some of the classics. Like, um, I guess you must have seen it and stuff like that. The, I saw the it, the the original made for TV it, which uh-huh. actually is kind of. In some ways, I find the older movies, like, even though they look more ridiculous, like they look, they don't look as realistic as the the modern special effects you look, mm-hmm. but, but there's a creepy element to it. I don't know what it is, but there's, it's something about using puppets or, um, I, the the fake the fakiness of it the like why how it doesn't look real kind of creeps me out more than the re, the hyper realistic violence and 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 realism that we see today um mm-hmm. i can give you an example It'd be like um like a george romero movie that he's the one that did night of the living dead so he's the kind of created the whole zombie genre oh huh that his he was a director in the I guess sixties and seventies eighties uh, George Romero, and mm-hmm. then I went and watched a movie called I Am Legend with Will. Oh Smith. yes, yeah, and I I like that movie a lot, but that's also a zombie movie, and yeah. but the zombies are all CG. They're that you know the the computer generated yeah. Um, CGI. Yeah, yeah, CGI. You're right. Images are made from computers, and I thought. There's a very like the, the quality of the realist the realism of that is actually a step down from the 80s and the 70s where they were just using makeup and fake blood and you know they would use like um what is it uh red dye with caro's uh um corn syrup and that was the blood you know and there's just gallons of it everywhere and those movies are, I find that more disturbing, even though it doesn't look as real. It, it's more disturbing. But that's that's my generation. We grew up on that stuff. So when I was young, my parents wouldn't let me watch anything related to horror. I just wasn't allowed. So I missed all of that in my childhood. But I started watching it in my teens, in my 20s. I was like, I'm now I'm an adult. I can watch whatever I want. So I started watching, you know, Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street and Day of the Dead, Dawn of the Dead, all of these like horror movies. And they're, you know, quite disturbing um, in a weird way that they use like puppets and and um, and makeup. So I'm, I'm wondering what you think about like CG, you know, CGI. For CGI, when I first saw I Am Legend, I was pro- I was like oh in my early teens, or I was like somewhere between twelve and fourteen or something. Okay. So I was really young, and it was 
it scared the crap out of me. And I think it was one of the only scary movies I really saw with my parents because we did see a lot of thrillers and stuff. And I also saw a lot of movies that were like not really appropriate for my age bracket. Like the mate, I watched the matrix when I was like eight. Yeah. yeah, Um, my dad loved the matrix. So he'd force us to watch it over and over again when I was eight years old. Um, but my dad didn't, well, we mostly watched stuff that my dad liked when I was a kid and, uh, my dad didn't really like horror movies. So we didn't really see a lot of horror movies similar to you. It wasn't really about sheltering me. It was just like, he didn't like those. So we right. watched he, them. If he liked them, um, you would have seen them all probably. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. He wasn't, he definitely, they weren't holding any punches. I was definitely exposed to stuff. I was like, I don't know if I should have been exposed <laughs> at an early age, um, but, um, I remember when we went to see I Am Legend in theaters. We actually went to see it in theaters. Um, and I do remember my dad like leaning over and asking my mom and my mom, they like leaned over and asked me if I felt it was too scary. Oh. My dad was probably scared. And I I did think it was kind of scary, but I didn't want to leave. So I said I was fine. Yeah. <laughs> I was okay. like doing okay. this whole thing, covering yeah. my like nose and eyes with my sweater, but just like peering through, <laughs> peering through to see it. Um, yeah, yeah. And yeah, it was really intense. And it's funny because back at that time, I thought the CGI was like really realistic. Mm. Right. It right. looked that way to me when I was like 12 or 14, because it's kind of similar to like Avatar. Like back when it came out, I was probably like some also I was in middle school. Mm. And when we went to see Avatar, it was like touted as being like the best CGI to ever come out, basically. And it did look really cool, but when I see it now, it looks really fakey. So I think similar in that vein, that it was like making strides for CGI. So it really speaks to me similarly to your experience where it's like, since it was something I saw in the time period when it was like progressive or when it was like a, a cool step forward in cin- cinematography, mm-hmm. um, it was scary to me. It was like creepy. It did freak me out. But then yeah. looking back on it, it they doesn't kind of age well. Is that you know? No, what I mean? CGI yeah. does not age well. Right. Um, and I also think that the fact that we have more like CGI and computer animation and more like realistic special effects and makeup and stuff, I think that sometimes it makes like horror movies and stuff like they're less de- developed in their plot and whatnot because mm, they mm. rely more on like shock value. Yeah, I agree with that. I think they they spend all of their budget on the special effects, the computer. I, they, I think they lean too much into special effects, computer special effects. I think there's still no, there's no match for like a like good makeup like a good makeup artist and yeah. good puppeteering, you know, like right. that it will like always, like props and stuff. yeah, better, better props. I just think like that will always be, that'll always look scarier and be more realistic than a computer generated image ever could be. And I don't know. I mean, I guess it's probably just because the computer generated images are not quite there yet where it's not exactly like human movement or there's something is off it'll it'll get there eventually but it's still slowly getting there it's just not it 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 to, to me it's just like like when they go back to like the the kind of traditional special effects which is just buckets of blood and <laughs> just like uh, latex skin masks and things like that those are always going to be, those are just going to always creep me out. I think for the rest of my life, like, it's just, it looks like what it might look like if that actually happened to somebody, but I, you know, pray to God will never, you know, you'll never see anything like that in real life. But um, yeah, it's just, it just always, uh, I always go back to like the eighties and I'll give you a couple examples of movies too, that kind of creep me out. There was a uh, Sesame Street creator, Jim Henson. He created like Big Bird and all of the Sesame Street characters and the mm-hmm. the um, the Muppets. And um, 
there was a a movie called um labyrinth and it's mm. like uh it's all puppets but it's a very dark film and so the character is interacting with the character is a real person and she's this young girl and she's uh trying to uh find her kidnapped baby brother and so mm -hmm. she has to go through this whole maze and she runs into all these weird puppets but it's it's so it's such a dark movie that it's it just creeped me out as a kid i just remember you know not being able to fall asleep thinking about this movie there's no <laughs> gore in it there's no blood but there but the creepy element that's what the cgi doesn't have it doesn't yeah. it doesn't bring the creepiness it's it's more of like a i, I don't know it's too slick it's too clean yeah. yeah it's not dirty enough like you know like, like grungy or something grungy enough exactly yeah yeah i i actually had a i was just googling that movie labyrinth those puppets look really creepy because i'm like i gotta know yeah. what you're talking about i need to watch this now but um i also similarly when i was younger i I didn't, Gore did not really do a lot for me in, in a horror movie. I always wanted to see like a creepy horror movie because I felt like that unsettling feeling that a creepy horror movie gives you lasts way longer than the shock value of, of horror on the screen. Yeah, I know exactly like, what you mean. Yep. How unsettled you feel. Yeah. That's why people like the movie The Shining so much is because not it's not really yeah. like, it's not that gory. I mean, there's not that much. I mean, there. Well, I, I was gonna say there's not that much blood, and then there's literally a river of blood in the movie. But um, right. if you take that one scene, it's not realistic, really. No, it's just yeah, it's just a, a flood of red water. That it's it's supposed to be blood, right? But um, but there's so many creepy elements there, like the 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 old the old lady and the um. The, the 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 author going crazy by just writing the same sentence over and over again on uh on the typewriter and the creepiness element of it is just a feeling it's just how it makes you feel it makes me feel unsettled it's like an unsettling feeling and i totally agree with you 100 percent. i'm way more into those kinds of horror movies than i am into the slasher films the slasher mm -hmm. films are just jump scares and blood and it's like anyone can jump out from behind a wall and scare somebody like that doesn't right. take any skill or any creativity, but to make your face and your performance be so strange and so unsettling that you make people feel really uncomfortable, that takes talent. And that is much a much more sophisticated level of horror than your typical slasher film, I think. Yeah. I definitely agree. I think that was also a reason that I was really drawn to like Japanese horror when I was younger, because a lot of the movies didn't rely on gore. They relied on like just a creepy, unsettling factor that really stays in your mind. Like it just becomes an ever present blanket of neurosis <laughs> when you're trying to sleep. You're like, oh, what was that? What was that? And then like the shock value of gore it dissipates really quickly um and now that i'm that i'm older and gore has become like hyper realistic it bothers me more like i don't want to see it especially the noise like if they're punching someone and they have like that horrible bone crunching sound effect if it seems like it's happening in real life in front of me right it really disturbs me it like really disturbs me but it doesn't really scare me the same i don't and it's not enjoyable it's kind of mm. like well, I was going to say that like a gore to me, like watching a gory movie is kind of like eating a hot dog from a from a come and go gas station versus like a really good, creepy horror movie is like eating a five star meal. It like really mm. gets into your mind and you like enjoy all the depth of it. And there's so many there's like a plot and there's so much development and you feel a lot of ways. Like when you see a really well crafted, creepy movie, it's not just terror. You feel sad for the character you feel scared for yourself scared for the character there's like suspense mm -hmm. and you know in a in a slasher film a lot of that is cut just basic jump scares there's not a lot of plot the lore doesn't really make sense um yeah 
No, I agree with you a hundred percent. I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, I, I think we, we enjoy the same kind of movie. I think it's like a subgenre yeah. of horror, which is, I don't know what you'd call it, but it's almost like psychological terror or something like that. Yeah. And like thrillers, psychological terror, like more of that alley, not gory stuff. Yeah. Yeah. What about Halloween decorations, Jack? I've noticed in my short-ish life that you've gotten, they, when I was a kid, you know, my mom used to kind of make the Halloween decorations. And it's funny because Halloween is not a holiday that she grew up celebrating. She right. celebrated Day of the Dead, which is really different from Halloween, has nothing to do with Halloween. Um and she, I guess she embraced the Halloween spirit when she moved to the U.S. And we also celebrated Day of the Dead at the same time. But we celebrated Halloween and then we celebrated Day of the Dead. Um, and she would make all the decorations by hand and they fit in. Basically, it was like ghost sheets with plastic bottles underneath to make it look like floating ghosts. And yeah, like yeah. little Those are the yeah, crafts like that. Yeah. How about when you were a kid? I don't remember my parents ever decorating our house too much. I think the most we would do is we would do the jack-o'-lanterns. We would make jack-o'-lanterns. Yeah, those are so fun. Yeah, that because that was just like, I think my mom was just like, let's just do the fun stuff. And like, if we don't decorate, we don't have to clean anything. Maybe she put like one decoration outside just to let kids know. Well, we have jack-o'-lanterns and the light was on in the uh, the front of yeah. the house on the, the porch. porch light or whatever. Yeah, the yeah. porch light was on. And so that kids would know that we have candy, you know. So it's like right. my mom, because my parents would always buy, you know, a big bucket of candy. My brother and I would sneak, you know, some. My mom would yell at us, you know, that's for the, the trick-or-treaters. <laughs> Don't take that. Um, you know, it was just like... Uh, yeah, we we definitely would celebrate it, but we we would we were not the the cool house that was like the cool houses would be they'd have the the spider webs outside, the cobwebs and then they would have yes. decorations and then there's always like the scary music playing loudly in the background. Yes, there's like yeah. one house on every block or every few blocks that and really a, goes all out. Yeah, and like yeah. A, like a witch, you know, full full costumed adult in like dressed like a witch would come out and she'd be like, yeah. "Hello, my creatures," yeah, exactly. you know, or something. And you're just yeah. like, it's so fun. I'm like, gosh, this is such a cool person. Like she's, you know, I she seemed so old to me at the time, but she's probably like thirty, you know, twenty five or thirty. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, That's funny. Yeah. And she was, you know, and, and there was always like, you'd, you'd always come across that house where people just really get into the Halloween spirit, which is sounds weird yeah. because it's like, you know, there's, there's a lot of like, um, I don't know. I've just come across a lot of like Facebook posts where people are like, um, Oh, we need to stop celebrating Halloween because it's, uh, demonic. And, you know, there's like, kind of like, yeah. um, very conservative who are you friends with i'm not friends with any conservatives so i'm only just like my friends celebrating halloween to the max. my age cohort we have a lot of there's a lot of conservatives uh, in my age group um yeah. but i always thought it's so it's because the reason you celebrate it is because it's fun like christmas yeah. is much more meaningful and so and reflective i get it you know and thanksgiving is so much more work yeah and thanksgiving like thanksgiving and christmas sometimes you have to see people you don't like you have to well, do you things you don't want to do uncle's yeah. bad politics yeah oh god yeah it's like on thanksgiving you have to like make food i mean for women the holidays are crap they're like because uh, let me tell you, as I've gotten older and I've had to do all the holiday magic for women, it's like not 
fun. I miss, I miss being a kid and I just appreciate everything my mom used to do. It's just no fun because you have to make the whole Thanksgiving spread. The last several years, I made the Thanksgiving spread completely by myself. This wow. this has happened at least since I was 25, but no, since I was 24. So it's been at least three years of me making the spread all by myself constantly. Wow. And it's a lot of work. And then um that it's just just no fun and you have to see people you don't like sometimes um or like i had this one thing where i was like kind of pettily offended but my i love my grandma but she like was like oh thanks tad my dad for for like doing all this thanksgiving stuff i was like i'm the one who cooked all the food what are you talking about i was like so offended i was like oh no i did it i worked this hard so i think it was just really hard because it's just like of course it's just like the older generations are always like giving credit to men or whatever and it just really made me angry my dad actually did give me credit for it. he's like well i didn't do anything she made all the food i was like thank god you said that at least but yeah and for christmas it's kind of the same thing you have have to make all this food and you have to buy presents women usually are the ones who like buy the gifts and stuff because men don't have a clue what other people want or like i you so, know like- i'm i i've lived in asia now for 23 years or whatever and my as far as responsibilities for holidays go it's just like it dropped down to nothing because there's really like no thanksgiving here in korea like i mean i we the on thanksgiving day up, there's right? no there is it doesn't mean anything in, in korea and so the right. most that we do now is we'll buy like a pumpkin pie from Costco. Like that's, oh, that's as far nice. as I go. Like that's it. And it's for Christmas. It's also not really, it's just like a one day off in Korea. And so, you know, we'll just go to a restaurant or something like that. And as far as presents go, it's my wife and I never give presents to each other because it's like, it's like spending your money to buy. It's her money. Or, yeah. Right. Like, it's not it's not like I have my own money and she has her own money. We just have our money. So if I buy her something, it's just better for her to just buy it herself. You know, right? So, buy what she wants or whatever. Yeah. Christmas. Yeah. So it's not romantic. Like it's not it's not, you know, but it's like everybody gets what they want. Um, and my wife's mm-hmm. not, you know, she's not like a really um, she's not really concerned about that sort of thing. I, You know, it's just like birthdays and stuff. We just wish each other happy birthday but we don't go and buy presents because it's again it's like what am i going to do i have to use my credit card it will go to her phone and then she said why did you spend this much money what is that what did you buy and then i have to say well i bought you a present oh i don't want what what did you buy I, you know do i want that present it's just too complicated so um anyway we That's got sidetracked a little bit <laughs> we are we well this is like we should call this a sidetrack or side quest podcast or something because we're always talking about different stuff yeah but, we're just way off um, in different territory yeah but back to the halloween you know yeah. i think halloween is really fun for women because we don't have like so many expectations around us we get to dress up and you know hand out you buy some candy at the store and hand it out or you go trick-or-treating the last i didn't go trick-or-treating after i was 15 but I did go again when I was 25. Uh, I look yeah. a lot younger than I am, you know, and I'm short. So I just had to take advantage of the fact to go to treating one last time. I did yeah. go. Who did you um, go with, like, though? Alone. I just went alone. I mean, I oh. didn't want to ask any of my friends to go. I thought that, that would be really cringy. So you went, you put a costume on and you went trick or treating at 25 and just. Yes. In your neighborhood. No one could tell I was 25. Everyone thought I was a kid. So it was fine. Yeah. I was like, whoo. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. yeah. I mean, no one's gonna, a can I see your driver's license? Yeah. You know, something like that. No one's yeah, going gonna... to no be like, yeah, you look old. I mean, <laughs> no one thought I looked old. Most people thought I was like maybe a teenager or something, but no one thought I was like 25. I've always been tall, so they always thought I was too old to be there. I'm like, I'm just a kid. I'm 12. I'm, right. I'm six feet, but I'm I'm 12. You know, <laughs> I wasn't six feet. 12. Yeah, I'm under five feet tall. Yeah, uh, and away. I have a baby. So yeah, it's like, fine. oh, yeah, double whammy just in the bag. It's fine. So I didn't have any issues. I put on like a zombie makeup. I was like a, a 1950s 
zombie, generic 1950s zombie. I wore this dress that I kind of thought was like a 1950s dress. And then I realized later it was like an Amish dress. Oh, okay. I got it from Goodwill. I didn't well, realize it was like an Amish type dress, but an Amish yeah, zombie but, is pretty creepy. I looked like an Amish, but I looked like an Amish Shrek because I just had green face paint and I didn't think about putting like little scars or anything. I didn't think it that far through. So I just had like green face paint on. I looked like Fiona from Shrek, but the 1950s version. It was like really bad. Um, but I had a good time. Yeah. Uh, so that's what matters. And people really liked my outfit. I have this really great jacket that's like perfect for that time. So it, it worked out really well. But, um, yeah, I think there's some houses that always go all out. And on my block, there were a ton, there would be like a few different houses and most of them were like, I thought they were old too. I don't know how old they are now, but I thought they were in their thirties or forties looking back Mm -hmm. and they had like a house full of, of Halloween decorations with the strobe lights. I love it. And stuff. Yeah. That's the best. And And the creepy music in the background with the speaker pointed out, you know, to the yard. Yeah, you had to like go through their like side yard into their backyard. And there was like a there was like a bowl of candy in the lap of some like skeleton that was dressed up, but it looked really creepy. It looked really scary. And if you like reached in, it would like tackle this really scary cackle and it would like grab your hand. Oh, yeah, that would. (laughs) Yeah. And I was little. I was like eight years old or 10 years old. So I was like scared to go up. And I was like, my neighbor, he was like, I'll do it. I'll get your candy. So he like ran up and got enough candy for both of us. But when the like, (laughs) when the hand grabbed him, we didn't know that the hand was going to grab him. Yeah, he threw his candy up in the air, right? <laughs> he couldn't because it like gra- clamps your hand down. He screamed like bloody murder, and I screamed like I almost fainted. I think because it was like, ah! and it was just like, and then it like let's go. He just like ran with a candy, it's like a fistful of candy. <laughs> it was just it was crazy. But I I think it, when I'm older, I want to do like a, a scary house like that because I think it's really fun for the kids. Yeah, I I, I you know it's just. People that get into Halloween are people that I like. I just know that I like those people. They're just fun people. Yeah. They love yes. to embrace the spirit of the of the holiday, even if it's something silly like Halloween where it's about scaring you. It's, it's just such a – oh, it's so much fun. I I really, really uh, – I, I just have great fond memories of, like, walking around my neighborhood – and listening to the scary music as you walk up the door and they they always give you more candy than you want then you know what i mean like they're like take two take three or they'll just grab like a handful and right. just put it in your in your pillowcase do you did you carry a pillowcase right. as a bag i did the last time i went when i was 25 before then i always had like a jack-o'-lantern yeah those are the or worst cauldron. like a little oh, plastic cauldron? Cauldron. oh okay because the jack-o'-lantern no, were- is too small you can't get enough uh they were small and I had to go back home and dump it out like on my bed and then go back because we were just trick-or-treating in my neighborhood. So I'd do that. Yeah. But it was a crapshoot because I had either a cauldron or a jack-o'-lantern and they were both small. I mean, they were cool looking, but they were too small. Yeah. If I could optimize it now, like if I have kids, I'm just going to send them out with a cool accessory like that. But I'm going to be holding a, a bag when I walk around with them. They can just throw it in there. <laughs> Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I missed, I I didn't get to do that because, you know, having my daughter grow up in Korea, we never got to do the trick or treating thing. Maybe once or twice we did it on the American military base, you know, where there was an apartment and my daughter went door to door and we, uh, you know, she got to trick or treat, but it wasn't the same as walking around the neighborhood it's just like that's so much fun. I just think she can still go this year, though, right? Because she's what fifteen. She's fifteen now, so I I don't think she will uh, go trick or treating. I'm I'm sure she won't. But um... ah, she should do it just once. I went when I was fifteen was the last year I did it as a teenager, mm-hmm. and I noticed that people are way more friendly to teenagers trick or treating now than they used to be. As someone who Tended to be a teenager at 25 yeah. as long as you don't um, smash their pumpkin right because like teenagers yeah, will go pumpkin smashing 
so they would always in the morning we'd always w- wake up and our our jack-o'-lanterns were smashed someone kicked them mm-hmm. you know because mm-hmm. that's what what they do you know teenagers do they just right uh, yeah or they would like people's houses this was yeah. teenagers really embraced the trick part of trick-or-treat you know yeah. they really well and they would do things like mooning people and right. smashing pumpkins and throwing water balloons at kids that were trick-or-treating and teeping people's houses yeah um they would do all those kinds of things but i think now people are kind of happy to see teenagers out trick-or-treating instead of doing jerk things yeah yeah causing mayhem yeah. in the neighborhood yeah yeah so jack did you have a korean legend for us today i think that would be cool for our listeners all right so so here's i have a, a korean uh i guess what would you call it like a ghost story i think something like that a kind of terrifying tale and this one is once upon a yes. time in korea there were two sisters Janghua and hong lian after their mother's death, they went to live with their stepmother, who was cruel and abusive. The stepmother had her own daughter, and she treated Janghua and Hong Lian as servants. The stepmother's jealousy and mistreatment escalated, leading to a tragic accident in which Janghua and Hong Lian lost their lives. The story takes a supernatural turn when Janghua and Hong Lian return as venge- vengeful spirits. They haunt the house, seeking retribution against their stepmother and stepsister for their suffering and wrongful deaths. The ghostly sisters unveil dark family secrets and confront their stepmother, leading to a chilling climax. So this is a synopsis of the uh, of the famous ghost story of the two uh, sisters. But I, to me, it sounds a lot like... Um, horror movie cinderella kind of oh yeah but there's like up it's like the opposite there's like one one evil trashy stepsister and two good ones right and the two good ones um die whereas cinderella is vindicated and you know the opposite of dying she's like gets to be you know the princess yeah Um, but it's kind of funny like it just does have like kind of similar there's a lot of like there's a lot of those kinds of stories are really uh popular in korea like there's another one called uh chanya gishin chanya gishin is the the gishin i guess was is like ghost or something like that and mm-hmm. she's i don't i don't know the story but i know that she her hair covers her face so mm-hmm. you it's kind of like like when you it's kind of like you're always looking at the back of her head, like no mm. matter what angle, because it's like hair just covers her face. But then if she pulls oh. her hair aside, then she's got like blood coming out of her eyes. And ah, wow. yeah, so it's like a it, it's a, a famous uh, go- type of ghost in Korea is the the Chanya Gishin. Um, yeah, cool. I did not run into one while I was in Korea, thankfully. No, That's kind yeah. Of- interesting that remind it reminds me a little bit i mean there's so many like creepy ghost stories about like women vengeful women spirits or something so um we have a couple in mexico we have la llorona which is one where she there's so many versions of this tale um but i think one of the main ones is that she was married and had you know children and her husband like ran off on her. There's a couple of different versions. One is that he ran off on her. One is that he like went to war and like didn't come back. But I think mostly the version is that he ran off on her and she being in despair drowned her children. Mm. Um, and cause I guess, you know, there it's like really hard for a woman in that time period to take care of two children. So she went crazy because like, what are you going to feed the kids? What are you going to, you know, there's nothing you can do as a single mom at that time period. Um, and in her moment of insanity, she drowned her children. And then when she realized what she'd done, I guess she, she drowned herself. Mm-hmm. 
So a lot of times you will like the story goes that you see her like in the river looking for her kids crying, like, where are my kids? Where are my kids? You know, because she doesn't really realize what she's done. Right. Where are my babies? Yeah. 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 Creepy. My (laughs) and almost many Mexican men will have like a story of either seeing um, La Llorona or other. There's another legend that a lot of people see called. Matlasiwa. Matlasiwa is another legend where similarly it's a woman dressed in like a white dress and she's a very beautiful looking like silhouette of a woman of a woman and men usually like drunk men are lured in by her looks and they follow her um sometimes their untimely death or just to be frightened frightened to death sometimes or just they they get scared um by seeing her so this happened uh this actually happened to one of my mom's like distant family relatives where he saw the matlasiwa and he basically he was drinking he went out at night like left wherever he was drinking at night to go back home and he saw this woman walking and he went he went after her to ask her what she was doing there, like alone, kind of. Um, but he was enticed by her beauty. And as he was walking, I mean, being a drunk jerk, probably, he went to to grab her and he ended up hugging a cactus. and so it's just like it's a it's a tale. It's kind of a cautionary tale to men. Like, don't be a jerk don't be a drunkard don't harass women because you never know when it's going to be matla see what it's going to come right. for you a feminist icon if there ever was one <laughs> yeah yeah that's kind of funny i'm there um there's another um there's another one in korea that i i forgot that i is gumiho uh do you, do you know that one the nine-tailed yeah, the fox? fox right yeah it's the fox right um, this one is really common in Korea. I, I see this in dramas all the time. They're always talking about Gumiho. The most, uh, the nine tails can is a shapeshifter. So she can, you know, take the form of anything. Um, this is the creepy part of it. Consuming human hearts or livers. That's the, uh, that's what, uh, she, her craving is, um, She's uh, uh, one of the common themes of the Gumiho stories is the desire to become fully human. Um, And to achieve this, Gumiho typically needs to abstain from harming humans and avoid eating human flesh for a certain number of years. So that's funny. Yeah. (laughs) And it, it often comes out of a tragic love stories. That's like, you know, she falls in love with the human leading to conflict and dilemmas and stuff like that. So that's Gumiho. That's like, that's probably the number one, I would say like, like mythical creature in Korea that I, that is most common or most prominent is the, the nine tailed Fox. That's like, right. There's so many surrounding women again, and there's not enough about like creepy men. I guess those are like, that's a real life thing. So why should yeah, because it's like story I, mean, I listen to a lot of true crime and 99% of it is creepy men, you know, just psychopathic men. Yes. So that's pretty much true. All right, Jack, speaking about true crime, I, I had an interesting one to discuss today. Um, I was watching a series on Hulu called Frogging the other day, and I'd never heard the word frogging before. Had you were you you said you were familiar with the term? When yeah, you spoke I know story. what frogging is, um, not because I've done it or practiced it myself, but uh, frogging is uh, frogging is where you a person lives in another person's house but they do it secretly without the person knowing that they're living there. So you're, you think that your house is your house, right? Because when you come home, you don't see anybody, no one's there. But if someone's frogging your house, they know your schedule. So they'll, during the day while you're at work, they're watching your TV, they're eating your food, they're using your bathroom. And then when they know that you're going to come home, 
they hide in the attic or in the basement or in the closet or something. And they just wait until you leave again. And then they kind of, and so they're basically living in your house, but you don't know that they're there. And that is maybe the most terrifying thing I've ever heard in my life. The scariest thing I could ever think of is it's like you'd never trust yourself again because you somehow didn't realize there was someone living in your house, which isn't to blame people who have been victims of frogging because how would you even assume, even if you saw weird stuff, it's just like the last thing on your mind is there's someone living in my house. I mean, you would be kind of weird to assume that as a first thought. Like if you found something misplaced or food eaten to be like, there's someone living here. <laughs> like Exactly. I mean, there's no, I mean, it just, it just makes me so glad I don't live alone anymore. Sorry, social. <laughs> You're um, fine. <laughs> um, there is something like, you know, there is something comforting about having a, a partner, you know, like have my spouse, like we're, we're kind of, we can divide and conquer. You know, so it's like we're kind of right. always watching each other's back and stuff like that. And I do I do remember those days of like living alone and just I mean, what a crazy thing to do to somebody. It's such a violation of, of everything that we hold sacred. It's like you're uh, you know, your house is your your castle. You're you know, you're even if you're you live in an apartment or whatever, it's like that's your space. And to invade someone's personal space in such a deliberate and here's a good vocabulary word for our students, malevolent way is, um, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I wonder what the, the crime that they would be charged with if they're, if they're caught or what if you catch them, are they going to kill you now because they don't want to get caught? Um, Will you, what kind of psychological damage would it do to you? I mean, it's horrible. And there's some cases, for example, the first episode I watched in the frogging case, the guy had been living somewhere in their house and he'd been watching them as well through their own like webcams and different equipment that they had set up in their home. Right. So he knew when they were there and when they weren't there because he had hacked their webcams, he had hacked all their electronic devices and he could. He could watch them on top of living there and he did watch them and he had planned, he had been using an old laptop they had. And so they found out that he had planned, um, he had planned to operate on them and do all this crazy stuff. I mean, usually it's someone who's not, you know, not there mentally. Right. And found him because they went on this long trip, like this vacation. And when they came back, like he was in the house and they, and he said, you guys don't live here anymore. And the husband threw him out and they called the cops. But the the problem with frogging is like, sometimes they don't get held very long. He wasn't detained very long because it's like, what crime do you charge them with really? Right. Burglary. Breaking and entering. Yeah. Breaking and entering. Burglary. Um, but yeah, they're all kinda, misdemeanors. They're not like felonies, you know? Yeah. And so it's like, I feel like a new, a new law should be passed about frogging. You know, that should get you serious time because yeah, 10 years plus for frogging. I I think <laughs> it's a, it's a huge violation. The victims are really mentally affected for a long time. And most of the people who frog are not just harmless homeless people. I'm honestly, if I found a harmless homeless person that needed a place to crash, I wouldn't feel that violated. But a lot of them were people who are, who ended up being serial killers later or who yeah. were murderers, like mass murderers or because it's spree it's, killers there. You know, it's like a, it's like the, um, the super intense version of a peeping Tom, you know what I mean? Like, right. It's it's such which is like, you know, for our listeners out there, Peeping Tom is a person that looks through the windows from the outside trying to look into your into your house. It's a it's obsession, right? It's like frogging is is a form of obsession and it just can only end with conflict and violence. There really is no other alternative to it. So it puts the the the, the, you know, the, the person who lives there is on the defensive 
And then the Frogger also feels like threatened because they're going to be discovered. So how do I cover up this crime that I've committed? Well, now I have to escalate things. I have to kill or or harm the the person so I don't get caught. It's just, it's so ugly. It's such a, you know, um, if this is the solution to, you know, the homelessness problem, it, it, you know, I mean, it's just like, it, it can't, it, it's, it's unbelievable. Right. Cause most homeless people would not even think about doing this. Right. It's like, and, and a lot of people who do do this are not homeless. Right. They're just severely disturbed yeah. and kind of violent individuals that, obviously they don't have any boundaries or sense of propriety. So, and they're obsessive, as you say, so it, it gets ugly fast. There was another one I'd heard of, of a girl who was talking on the phone with a boy. She didn't know that well, he had gotten her phone number from some other boys. And this was like in the eighties, I think. Mm-hmm. And so she had been talking to him for a while, but when she met him in person, she just didn't like his vibe and she ghosted him. She didn't talk to him anymore. And then she started noticing that someone was living in the apartment, but she told her dad this and he would, he would get mad at them and say, you know, stop bothering me at work. There's no one living there because it just seemed like it was impossible for anyone to be living there. He thought his daughters were just making this up and it just culminated to a point where he would start kind of terrorizing them in their home, which I think is another aspect of frogging. Like sometimes they want you to know that they're there. Mm. They start moving things like, you know, I'm going to move something. Yeah. Right. They start being obvious about it. And so he had like the frogger had eaten like some cupcakes that they left out and stuff. And they called the cops and the cops show up and didn't find anyone. And then they saw him uh, in the house later, the family and the dad was there and everything. And the one of the daughters jumped out the window, ran to a neighbor's house, called the cops, and they got back out there and said, this guy's in here somewhere. So they found him in the tiniest little crawl space ever. And uh, later that guy went on to murder like three people. And the guy I'd been talking about previously who wanted to operate on the family murdered his cellmate when he was detained in jail. Right. Um, the one with the, yeah. the two daughters, I know that story. That one is uh, is kind of famous. He he came in like where the washing machine is. He like kind of burrowed into the wall a little bit and like yeah. created a little crawl space area. And he was staying there and he eventually did commit a murder late, the next time around. Um, yes. But that first family was very lucky that they, you know, escaped him because he was he was ready to kill um but they couldn't keep him in prison right he didn't he hadn't actually killed anybody at that time um right so he couldn't stay in prison when he was released he ended up killing another family i think a whole family you know had killed a pregnant woman and some other <clears throat> the other couple family members that were there um yeah that was a really sad one but it just goes to show like how disturbing frogging is and that's why i honestly i never could figure out jack i'm gonna ask you a weird question sure. would you rather find a thousand cockroaches in your home or a person living there that you didn't know was there like oh, someone frogging cockroaches uh, <laughs> right no you're problem. a normal person yeah. when i was in college all my friends said they'd rather find the cockroaches and i just knew they were insane i knew there was something deeply wrong with people who would rather find cockroach who would rather find a person living there a person frogging Wait, they all house. all your friends said they would rather find a person living there than cockroaches yes yeah they all said they'd rather find a frogger in their house than we didn't use the term at the time but yeah they'd rather find someone frogging in their house than find a thousand roaches i was the only one who said i'd rather find the roaches and i'm terrified of roaches but there's just no way i would <laughs> rather find a person I'd rather find a bobcat in my house, you know, <laughs> yeah. than a, a frogger. Like, I feel like I'd have a, I don't know. It, it's such a violation. It's so, um, and you just know that they're, they're, they're crazy. That's a crazy yeah. person. You know, it's, it's an unstable, insane person that would do that in the first place. And so just that that's scary to me i listen to too much true crime so i i i know <laughs> that you do not want a frogger in your in your house 
Not at all. Yeah, especially because it could develop to something more. Like if they release this person, like they could continue to stalk you. You would never really feel safe having your personal information out there again, as long as that person is alive and free. Right. Um, and even if they're in jail, you would constantly be like, did they get released early? Did How long are they in there for? Like it would just do so much damage to you as a victim. It would be hard to escape. I would think I would have to move out to another country that I knew that person couldn't get to to ever feel safe again. Yeah. Yeah. If they're not locked up. I mean, I, this this is the problem. It's what's the crime? You know, they're they, they don't know how to calculate this crime properly because it's kind of a new phenomenon. I mean, at least it's the name is new. I don't. Yeah. You know, and I think it's a kind of a new phenomenon. So, um, yeah, frogging is the creepiest thing in the world. I think it's the scariest thing. For sure. Well, to our listeners, if you would rather find a thousand cockroaches or a frogger living in your house, (laughs) let us know down below. Um, Yeah. And let us know about your experiences with Halloween and any cool legends that are, you know, original to your home country, wherever you may be from. And uh, yeah, we will see you guys next time on the Jack and Chill podcast. All right. Bye bye. Bye bye. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.